The awakened life. Last Sunday we talked about this question, can we live the awakened life? And we decided, well, actually we can't do it on our own. Trying harder, trying harder, trying to be better, just, it just doesn't work. But God can bring it into our lives. He can actually wake us up. And that's what God does. In fact, Paul writes, the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. It's already starting. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. And so last Sunday we started, ended with this prayer, I should say. Sovereign Lord, parts of my life feel like a valley of dry bones. I cannot put the pieces back together on my own. I cannot wake myself up from my spiritual sleepwalking, but you can. I surrender to the life-giving power of your Holy Spirit. Wake me up. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's the awakened life, this life where we, uh, we wake up and realize God is actually present every day. And we have this awareness of God at work in the world around us and us, and that only happens as we surrender to God's Spirit, and God begins to do that work in us. But there are some questions like, well, how does this actually work? And does God do it all, or do I have a role, or do I sit in a chair and wait until he zaps me, and then I know, or what? How does it happen? Here's the story. One of our kids, when they were in high school, had an amazingly hard time waking up in the morning to go to school. And we had to go through a number of steps to get this figured out, how to actually get them out of bed. Because the first step, that the normal step that works for everybody most of the time is you set an alarm for a desired wake-up time. The alarm goes off. You hit the snooze maybe once, and then you finally get up. They slept through their alarms. That wasn't working. So a second step, leave the alarm set. The alarm goes off. I told them, I'll, I'll, add, I'll add this in. I'll do this for you. I'll go downstairs knock on your bedroom door and say, time to wake up, and I'll wait to hear you respond to me. So I did that the next morning. Time to wake up, and they said, okay, Dad, I'm waking up. I went upstairs, they went back to sleep. Next step, leave the alarm set. I go downstairs, knock on the bedroom door, say, time to wake up. Then the ad was, I opened their bedroom door, I walked in, I went over to their bed, and I gently or not so gently shook their shoulder and said rather loudly, time to wake up which our child would respond with some murmur. And then uh, I thought, oh, they're up. So I left the room. They fell back to sleep. So I finally put all the pieces together. The alarm was set. I went downstairs. I knocked on the door. I said, time to wake up. I walk into the room, go over to their bed, shake them, not so gently on the shoulder, say, time to wake up. And then I added, and I'm staying right here until you're up and out of bed. And that did it. My staying there was the key. They got up, moved around, they were away. Fortunately, as a parent, this was a short-lived phase. So let's go back to the Valley of Dry Bones. Keep that story in mind, though, because it'll come back and be useful for us later. Last Sunday, we talked about this Valley of Dry Bones, 6th century B.C. King Solomon, the people had disconnected themselves from God. They, were, they just started spiritually sleepwalking. They're worshiping other gods and goddesses, not the true God. They stopped obeying God's instructions for life. They said, we'll do whatever we want. As a result, the Babylonian army sweeps in from the east and the north, captures the capital city, takes all their leaders, and forcibly exiles them back to Babylon. So the people are left with nothing. They have no hope. They can't imagine things ever getting back to the way they used to be. But God wanted to know that there was hope, and so he gave this vision to Ezekiel. And last Sunday... We, we read it, the first three verses. Listen. 
The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And today we move into the middle section of the story where things start to happen. And as I read, listen for what enables the bones to become living persons. Then the Lord said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as completed skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So here's Ezekiel. He's going to speak to a valley of dry bones. Does the valley have any ears? Those bones? No. How can they hear? Doesn't make sense, but God said, this is my word for these bones. Speak my word. And so Ezekiel does. And as he speaks the, God's word to the bones, things happen. Skeletons assemble, muscle and skin covers the skeletal structure, but they're not be living beings yet because they have no breath. They have no spirit. They need the Spirit of God to breathe life into them. And Ezekiel gets to watch all of this happen. The skeletons coming together, the flesh, the muscles, the skin, and then the breath. And from this part of the vision, there are three important steps that God invites us into as we come alive to the awakened life he wants to give us. The first one is really simple. Believe God's Word. And by God's Word, I mean the Bible. God has chosen to reveal who he is, how he interacts with us, what he's done for us, what he invites us into through the Bible. It's God's story. It's God's word to us. The Old Testament prophet Ezekiel gets this God's word from God saying, tell, the tell these bones they're going to come to life. And so because Ezekiel believes God's word, even though it doesn't, he's not quite sure what's going to happen, he talks, he gives God's word to the bones. And things begin to happen. The Spirit guided the Apostle Paul to talk about the Bible this way. All Scripture, the Bible, is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. We believe God's Word, Scripture, the Bible, because it is inspired or God breathed. Now, when you and I stop breathing, we die. Life requires breath. There's no breath, there's no life. That's why the Bible has the breath 
are the Spirit of God in it. It is not a dead book. It is alive and living. That's why when you read the Bible or study it, there are times in which you feel spoken to or challenged or guided or comforted because this is the living Word of God. And because the Bible is alive with God's Spirit, we know the Bible teaches us what is true. What's true about God, what's true about being a human being created in God's image, what's true about the sin, fallen, and broken world that we live in, what's true about how God came in Jesus to save us, and what's true about all the stuff in life that we face. What's the meaning of money, the meaning of work, the meaning of sex, the meaning of parenting? What's the meaning of all this stuff? What's true? God's Word teaches us the truth. And because the Bible is alive with God's Spirit, God's Spirit can then use that to prepare and equip us to do all the good things that God has created us to do with our life. That's this awakened life. It starts with believing God's Word. It's alive with the Spirit. It teaches us what is true. It's going to prepare us for life. And then once we get the believing figured out, then we move into speaking God's Word. And you may say, speak God's Word to other people. Well, you can do that, but that's not the part of this pattern. Speak God's Word means I want you to speak God's Word to yourself. So let me explain. Let's say every morning you get up, uh, you're a news junkie, so you, you flip on the TV or you go online, you get all the news of the day. And most of it's bad. News that actually instills fear. The war in the Middle East is expanding. There's a housing bubble that's going to burst. Russia may prevail in Ukraine. China's going to take over Taiwan, and so on, and so on, and so on. So you hear these words of bad news in the morning, and as you go throughout your day, you you remind yourself of what you heard. And then you say those words to other people too. You speak those words into your life and as your day goes on, you become anxious. Or let's say, forget that, let's go back to the beginning of your day, you believe God's word, so when you get up in the morning, you speak God's word over to yourself. And you choose Joshua 1.9. This is my command, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And you even personalize. You go, God, I know you've told me, don't be, be strong and courageous, not to be afraid, not to be discouraged, and I know you go with me wherever I go today. And then as you go throughout your day, you remind yourself of those words, the word of God. And you may even share them with somebody else too. So let's just compare the words. What happens if the word of the news is what you think about all day and you speak to yourself? How will that influence you? Let's say you take the word of God, these words from Joshua, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's say you take those words and you speak those words into your life. How will that influence you? Once we speak God's word to ourselves, then we learn to rely on God's spirit. Then we go back to this, the vision of the valley of the dry bones. God's word to the bones was, he said, Ezekiel, tell, say, O breath, come from the four winds, Breathe into these dead bodies so they will live again. Because both the Word of God and the Spirit of God are needed to bring new life. I mean, basically, God told Ezekiel to say, Holy Spirit, these newly formed bodies are dead until you breathe into them and give them life, make them alive. It's the same with our spiritual life. And this goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 2 in the creation story where we read these words. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground 
he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and he became a living person. So the first created human was alive because God breathed the breath of life into him, spiritually and physically. And no different for us. To have spiritual life, God's got to breathe it into us. So we rely on God's spirit to give us that spiritual life that we're craving. So we're awakened to a new life by God's spirit and God's word. Now back to the story about waking up our high schooler. Now in time, you know, I figured it out and it was a phase that passed, thankfully. God our creator is our perfect heavenly father through Jesus Christ and he knows what it takes to wake us up. He knows us. He knows it takes his word and his spirit. And God knows if, if, he, if he tells us, oh, just set some alarms and be more spiritual, we'll sleep through all of them. He knows that. God knows he has to enter into the room of our life. He needs to meet us where we're at. He needs to shake us gently or not so gently and say it's time to wake up. And then he needs to say, I'm going to stay right here and help you wake up spiritually. God knows what he has to do to wake you up. Are you ready? You see, you're more than skin and bones. Without the word of God and the spirit of God, you are just skin and bones. There's no life, there's no breath, there's no spirit in you. And that gets incredibly frustrating because God's word is clear that we're created in the image of God. And God is spirit. So God created us to be an embodied spirit, spiritually alive. Obviously, your body is important. It's unique. God made all of us unique. But what really matters is the spirit that enlivens your body and sets the direction for your life and the purpose for your life. So, think about the body. Have you ever fasted? I have some, not very good at it. Uh, you just don't eat for a meal, a day, a week, whatever. And during the time that you usually eat, since you have nothing to do, you take time and you pay attention to God's word and God's spirit. You limit your physical food intake to become aware of the value of God's word and spirit and realize your deepest hunger really is for God. Now, we live in a culture that is always fasting. All the time, our entire culture is fasting, but not from food. Our culture is fasting from God's presence. We are told to fill our lives with what feeds the body. Follow your appetites. Food, drink, community, sex, entertainment, comfort, success, whatever appetites you think you feel, just fill them up. And none of those appetites are bad in and of themselves, of course. But when all we do is follow this appetite, that appetite, without realizing it, we pull ourselves, we disconnect from God's word and God's spirit. We're fasting from what gives us real life. So sometimes when our bodies feel full, our spirit is starving, our appetites get all out of order, and things turn out poorly. We live the awakened life when we wake up and realize that our spirit is starving. And we follow Ezekiel's pattern and say, God, I believe your word. I'm going to pay attention to it. I'm going to speak it into my life. And I'm going to rely on your spirit to give me the life that I crave because we are more than skin and bones. Now, the awakened life devotionals during the week will kind of help you go a little bit deeper into that. If you don't get the text, just text the word AWAKEN. We'll get those to you. I want to give you two kind of steps you can take to kind of dive into this awakened life, this invitation that God gives. You may take one or both, whatever, however you feel led. First one is believe God's word and speak God's word over your life. Just 
do what I said as an illustration of the sermon, just do it this week. So when you get up in the morning, uh, take a bulletin on your way out, it's printed on there, or get it from your Bible, Joshua 1.9, say to yourself, this is my command, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. And then throughout your day, remind yourself that that's God's word to you. Or personalize it. Thank you, God, that wherever I go today, you're with me. And then go live your day. You keep speaking God's word into your life as you live your day. It's a way to wake up and believe and speak and then rely on God's spirit. The next one is fast. If you have never done this before, don't say I'm going to fast for a week. Just do a meal and skip, skip a meal. And during that time when you're not preparing food or eating food, whether it's 45 minutes, an hour, 25 minutes, whatever, you got some time. And just take that time, pay attention to God's word and God's spirit. Read Psalm 139. Say it with me, Psalm 139. It's a great psalm about how much God knows you. And then just sit and think about how God knows you and what he wants to do in your life. And you can even say, God, I don't know if I'm spiritually awake or not. I don't know. Could you help me figure this out? And if you ask, God's spirit will help you figure it out. So you clear some space just to pay attention to God. If you've never done it before, it's a little, could be a little scary, but it's great. be a great advantage for you. Let's pray together. Well, God, thank you that, like I, I learned how to wake my child up when they had a hard time. You know exactly what it takes to wake each of us up. And you're already at work in our lives. You're shaking us on the shoulder saying, it's time to wake up and I'm going to just stay right here and help you do it. And we need that. We know that. And we thank you for that. And we rely on you. We pray in Jesus' name and we all say,